afterward that he went throughout every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him, that certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, and Joanna and Susanna and many others which ministered unto him of their substance. And when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city, he spake by a parable. The sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. It was trodden down, and the fowl of the air devoured it. Then some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. Some fell on good ground, sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. What are you talking about? What does this parable mean? And he said, Unto you is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to others in parable, that seeing they might not see, and hearing they might not understand. The seed is the word of God. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, who was faithful for over 60 years in teaching the Word of God throughout the Northwest and Canada. Many were blessed by his Bible teaching, and today we invite you to share in those blessings by listening to the Unchanging Word radio Bible study. Our name, the Unchanging Word, is committed to the fact that God's Word has not changed. What God reveals in His eternal Word always has been and always will be true. God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. In this lesson, Luke writes two sections, and the first is Jesus is traveling through cities preaching the kingdom of God. And then Luke reveals that Jesus and the disciples were supported by several women, which he names by name. Well, then Jesus goes on to speak the parable of the sower, the seed, and the four differing soil conditions. The disciples then wanted to know the meaning of the parable, and as Jesus often does, he explains it only to his disciples because his disciples have ears to hear the truth. And Jesus exhorts, Take care then how you hear, for to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. Well, let's join Dr. Mitchell here in Luke chapter 8, verse 1 on the Unchanging Word Bible broadcast with each seed, soil, and fruit. We come again to you today with studies in the Gospel through Luke. It's been a real joy for me, and I continue to say this, uh, of ministering the Word of God to so many people, and how, I'm, how glad I am that the Lord is speaking to many, many hearts. It just thrills me to see how the Spirit of God will take simple studies of the Word and transform lives and encourage saints and cause us to realize that we have a wonderful Savior and a marvelous Lord, one who has made 
each one who trusts him. The objective is affection and devotion. And as I read these four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and see something of the, the heart of the Savior, and I might add, we see the heart of God. Because you remember in John 1.18 it says, No man hath seen God at any time, but the only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. Well, he hath shown him forth. So as we see the compassion of Christ for men and women, this wonderful Savior, we catch a glimpse of the heart of God for you and for me. Now we're coming into the eighth chapter of Luke's Gospel. It's a long chapter, but it's full of precious truth. And uh, we will go to that chapter where we have our Savior uh, teaching the multitudes, especially in the first, 21st, first 21 verses. Uh, in the first three verses, very brief, our Lord is on a preaching tour, and I read, he, it came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of God, and the twelve were with him. And then he makes a statement that a certain, at certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils and Joanna, and uh, so Susanna, and many others, which ministered unto him of their substance. Here you have a little information of how the Lord was cared for, how his disciples were cared for uh, as they moved among the people. Uh, they were cared for materially by those who believed on him. And it's an amazing thing in Luke's gospel how Luke, as I have said before, gives to us so much of the revelation of the heart of God for people. And here you have, throughout the Gospel of Luke, the families, the women, the men who followed him. It just thrills your heart to see the intimacy the Savior had with people and people with him. And by the way, it's true today. The Lord still yearns for the fellowship of those who will trust him. And here you have, in these three or four verses, the divine provision for his son, materially, as he walked among men. Now, following this, we have two parables. The first one, we have the parable of the sower and the seed from verses 4 to 15. Now, parables were used by the Savior as vehicles of truth. He'd like to reveal to hungry hearts something of the wonders of the truth of God. Uh, he took things of the earth, he took things of nature, uh, and brought out truth through the usage of nature. Now, if you read through uh, this passage, or in Mark chapter 4, or in Matthew chapter 13, you notice that the parables were to the multitude, but the interpretation of the parables were to his disciples. In other words, he's really uh, discussing truth with his disciples. Now in the gospel through Mark chapter 4, verse 34, I read these words, and to the multitude he taught in parables. But when they were alone, when they were alone, he interpreted those parables and revealed all things unto his disciples. And by the way, this is exactly what the Spirit of God has come to do for his people today, you remember, you find that in John chapter 16, verses 13 to 15, and there somewhere, where 
and he, the Spirit of truth, he will guide you into all truth. He will take the things of mine and show them unto you. He will show you things to come. Now, in the parable of the sower and the seed, uh, we find that the seed is the word of God. We have that down in verse 11. The parable is this, the seed is the word of God. And the ground, you have different aspects of ground upon which the seed comes. Allow me to read the, the parable. And when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city, he spake by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. It was trodden down, and the fowl of the air devoured it. Then some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. Some fell on good ground, sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now this was kind of hard on the disciples, so they said, What are you talking about? What does this parable mean? And he said, Unto you is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to others in parables, that seeing they might not see, and hearing they might not understand. Now, I think our Savior is quoting there from the sixth chapter of the prophet Isaiah. Uh, when the Lord called Isaiah to be his testimony, you remember, go and tell this people, eyes they have and cannot see, ears they have and cannot hear, and so forth. In other words, unbelief has blinded their minds and their hearts. Then he began to give to them the interpretation of the parable. The wayside are those that hear. Then cometh the devil and so on. Now let me just take up these, uh, these four kinds of ground just for a moment. I repeat, I say, uh, the, the, the seed is the word of God. And you notice that only one-fourth of the ground brought forth fruit, mature fruit. Now the ground speaks of the aspect of hearts in relationship to God as to how they receive the Word of God. For example, I'm talking to you over this radio. Every one of you hear the same thing. But the question would, raise, would, would be raised in my mind is, what kind of a heart do you have? What is your aspect to the receiving of the Word of God? And just as our Lord gave this parable of these different kinds of ground, we have the same thing today. Now let me get the illustration or the parable and then the interpretation. First of all, it was sown, some fell by the wayside. It was trodden down, and the fall of the air devoured it. Now the interpretation is verse 12. The wayside are those that hear, then cometh the devil, and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Now, the, the wayside, here you have a ground that's hardened, that's hostile, that's indifferent. The word of God makes no impression upon them. They hear the word of God, but it makes no impression. You see, this is the wayside. It's a well-traveled road. And the birds of the air are waiting to pick up things off the road. You've seen that quite often. So here you have, first of all, the wayside uh, speaks of the hardened, hostile, indifferent heart. 
and the birds of the air pick up the seed it never gets in. Here you have the devil hindering the word of God getting into hearts. Oh, how many people there are who are hardened and indifferent and sometimes hostile to the word of God, to the gospel of God's redeeming grace. I know that. I have been told more than once to shut up. They didn't want to hear about it. I didn't want to hear about the Savior. I don't want to hear about your God. Hardened, hostile, indifferent. That's true today. I sincerely hope that I'm not talking to anyone today whose heart is hardened, indifferent to the Word of God. Now, the second one is the rocky ground, verse 6 and verse 13. Some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Verse 13. They on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. Now, the rocky ground speaks of people who are emotional, shallow, and they can't stand. They hear the word of God. They claim to believe the word of God, but for some reason the word of God doesn't really get down in. Uh, here is no separation. They can't stand the opposition or persecution of those who do not believe the word of God. They kind of compromise the whole thing. As I say, the seed doesn't get down into their hearts. Uh, there are a great many folk who, who make a profession of salvation, and sometimes they have an emotional experience of some sort. That's the end of it, you know. And a week afterwards, they're back where they were before, and there's never a change in their lives. There's no love for the Savior. There's no uh, affection for Him. Uh, but they're affected by the outside world, uh, opposition and persecution. Now we come to the third one, and this is the thorny ground, verses 7 and 14. Some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. You come to verse 14. And that which fell among the thorns are they which, when they have heard the word of God, go forth and are choked with the cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. Now, if the devil hinders the first one on the wayside uh, and the world hinders goes on the rocky ground, now we have the flesh hindering the word of God, the cares of this life riches. We have unstable people occupied with things. Uh, but they have no time. They're so taken up with the cares of this life. The Word of God has no time to get into their hearts. Here you have the deceitfulness of riches, uh, the pleasures of this world. Things come in and choke out the Word of God. The seed never comes to maturity. Oh, how often, how often we have seen people who openly, apparently seem to want the things of God, but you know, their lives are cluttered up with the things of this world, the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches, the pleasures of this life. And hence, the seed never comes to maturity. I just sincerely hope that, as I'm talking to you, that none of you belong to this, uh, to any one of these three kinds of grounds. The wayside is 
speaks of hearts that are hardened, indifferent to the word of God. The rocky ground, those who are emotional and shallow, there's no separation. The world hinders them going on with God. They're afraid of standing for Christ. And the thorn, the thorny ground, having to do with those where the flesh hinders, that is, the cares of this light. So, more occupied uh, with things and the deceitfulness of riches and the pleasures of life, they have no time. In fact, one is reminded of that verse in 2 Timothy chapter 3, a picture of the professing church in the last days where we read, in the last days perilous times shall come. And then it talks about worldliness and about about the uh, weakness of the flesh and so forth, and he picks up the fact where they have uh, a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. In other words, they have no place for the truth of God. Now we come to the fourth kind of ground, and that's the good ground, verse 8 and verse 15. And some fell upon good ground, sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. And we have in verse 15, but that which fell upon the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. Now here we have the ground that takes the word of God in and has a harvest. It comes to footage. They hear the word of God. They heed the word of God. See, the truth never takes root in hearts that are shut out to him. Uh, may I suggest to you that in, in, in verse 15, anybody who means business, as you have it here, in an honest and good heart, you mean business with God. You really put your trust in the Savior. In spite of your frailty and weakness and so forth and so on, yet you really, really want the Savior. My friend, God will meet you. God will meet you. And in some way, he'll bring forth footage. Now, in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13, you have the footage of some uh, 60, some 80, some 100 fold. In other words, there's a difference of harvest. But now that's it's all good fruit comes to maturity. And I just prayed with your heart today. If you're a Christian, God grant you'll so walk before God that the fruit will come to fruition. But if I'm talking to some who have never meant business with God, I plead with you to do so. You see, Mr. Mitchell, uh, I'm a hard heart. Yes, but remember the rocks can be broken and the, ro- and the roads can be plowed and the thorns can be pulled up. I don't care what your condition. The word of God has a hammer. It'll break the most stubborn heart. You see, most people fail to realize we're not talking about religion, but a relationship to the living God through Jesus Christ so that while we're still here on earth, we can become fruit bearers for God. It's like you have in Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, self-control. Wonderful thing to know. And this can be yours. Now, one more thing before we leave this passage. We come down to verses 16 and 18, and he gives to us the second parable. No man, when he hath lighted a candle, covereth with a vessel, or putteth under a bed, but setteth on a candlestick, that they which enter in may see the light. For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not 
be made known and come abroad. Take heed, therefore, how you hear. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have. Now let me just suggest here. Here is the responsibility of testimony. I suggest Matthew chapter 5, 14 to 16. How our testimony is not to be hindered by business or ease or pleasure. You don't take a candle and you cover it up. A candle is put up on a candlestick, so it gives light. And the purpose of light, of course, is to dispel darkness. And there's nothing secret. You know, have us think about this. There is nothing secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. You know, an amazing thing in this gospel through Luke, three times our Lord speaks of the fact about this matter of nothing. For example, here in chapter 8, verse 17, there is nothing hid, nothing hid, but what shall be made known. Can't hide it. In, in, uh, in chapter 23, 41, the dying thief said to, the, said to the other thief, we have a right to die for our deeds, but this man, Jesus, has done nothing amiss. And the third one is in chapter 742, which we had the other day. We read about the two creditors. One owed 500 pence, one owed 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. There is nothing hid, but what to be made manifest. And when you have nothing to pay, he'll forgive you. What am I trying to say? Here you've got the two, the two extremes. One is... You can't hide anything from God. As the 139 Psalm says, He knows our thoughts are far off. There's nothing hid. Our Lord one time said, Every idle word shall be brought into judgment. You can't hide anything from God. See, but what shall I do? Well, my friend, you have nothing to pay. He has paid it all. Let me go back to my lesson at the last chapter of Luke chapter 7. You remember when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. He didn't forgive them because of their love for him. It was his love for them that caused him to, to forgive their debts. I want to tell you, though the Lord knows all about you, every thought, every action, the whole business, you can't hide anything from him. He has made the provision whereby you can stand before him acceptably. Your sins will be put away, forgiven, and forgotten. My, what a, what a savior. So as we read these parables in Luke chapter 8, what kind of a heart do you have? What is your, how do you receive the word of God? With indifference, with wholeness, or with simple faith? and then become a testimony for the Savior. It's what God wants. He wants us to be his testimony. And he ends it up by saying, if we do not use what he has already given to us, we will lose that which we even think we have. Now, think about these things. And again, I ask the question, what, how do you respond to the precious Savior who gave himself 
to redeem you out of all iniquity, made provision for perfect forgiveness. Why don't you accept it? Put your trust in him, then bring forth fruit unto God. There is never a guilty sinner. There is never a wandering one. But that God can in mercy pardon through Jesus Christ his Thank you for listening to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study today. Write to us with your comments and your prayer requests to the Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon, 97338. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Radio Broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.